intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I hope you're all continuing to stay safe and healthy. Things feel a little bit dicey down here in Florida with the rising cases, but I'm still hunkered down like it's March with maximum social distancing. I'm pretty fortunate that I'm able to be this hunkered down, and I'm grateful that in the midst of all this, there's still so much good happening, particularly it seems like in independent music. This week, um, I actually have a new little segment where I want to give shout outs to folks who are working so hard in music, especially given the climate that we're all in. Think of this as an audio bulletin board, kind of just where we can sound off and say what everybody's up to. So first up, pod alum Petwife have released their full length album Polychrome that they teased in their episode that is brilliant. Uh, Their color themed record is sure to be elaborate, bright, and meaningful with their themes around pride and them them as individuals. So please go check it out. This band rocks. Um, Also, Expert Timing is releasing their first single off of their EP, Whichever Whatever. I am so excited because the cover art is mega cute and this band just consistently puts out gorgeous, meaningful bubble pop that I am so excited for everyone to get to hear. Um, Get your first listen over at The Alternative ahead of their release on Count Your Lucky Stars. Also, um, highly recommend that you uh, start to check out other podcasts and stuff. Uh, I recently spoke with a friend of mine, Brian, also known as A Day Without Love, and he's been putting out some really awesome episodes of his pod called Dreams Not Memes. Uh, I've been super digging it, so be sure to check out his work. And um, as a slight teaser, Brian's coming on the podcast here soon in the next couple weeks, so be sure to stay tuned for that also. Um And that's pretty much everything I have for this week. But please hit me up if you have anything coming down the line that you're working on. And I'd love to, like, boost you as a little bulletin and stuff. And I'm going to try to do this every week and keep my eye out for what everybody's working on so we can keep sharing and keep celebrating what each other is kind of accomplishing, whether it's in this very unusual time or, frankly, going forward. Because we all deserve a little shout-out every now and then. So, on to this week's guests. I'm joined by Sarah of Molly Ringworm. 
Sarah originally wrote much of the band's music independently, but has shifted over to a really incredible full band act. Sarah shared the band's influences, what motivated her to start playing music, growing as a musician at a performing arts high school, which is mega cool, um, learning to record the band's music, their latest single sale, and so much more. So with that, let's hear some of Molly Ringworm's music and then get into the interview with Sarah. I'm so anxious thinking about him. He only worries about himself. Sarah to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going? Uh, things are going good. Just trying to stay busy during the quarantine and not go crazy. Right. If anything, I feel like I've learned to live on remote, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My job's remote. Everything is remote. So it's like it's it's been an interesting lifestyle adaption for sure. Yeah, definitely. Lots of baking. Uh, yeah. Lots of baking and TV. Yeah. I think that's probably been about the same for me, honestly. <laughs> it's always there's something I feel like cooking in my house now. I think that's how I've been kind of staying zen and also like just having fun with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, I'm so excited to be able to talk to you about your project, Molly Ringworm. It's amazing. And um, I'm just so impressed by your sound. Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's go ahead and just kind of dig into it. Tell me about when you first began to play music. Um, so I started singing mainly when I was nine, like started taking singing lessons and was really into like musical theater. Uh, my cousin Johnny, who plays guitar in Molly Ringworm, he started playing music around the same time. He was a little bit older. Uh, him and his friends played a talent show at their middle school and (laughs) and they like got booked for a gig uh but they needed a singer so they asked me and that's how I started uh singing like rock music being in bands um and then I I picked up the guitar in high school uh like my junior year of high school and started writing songs that's awesome what made you decide you wanted to actually learn guitar at that point since you had been um jamming with your cousin's band um I think I had I had always written lyrics and melodies and stuff and I played a little bit of piano Mm -hmm. but um I think my cousin really Johnny inspired me he's super talented um and also I went to a performing arts high school it was kind of like everyone around me was playing guitar uh maybe I should pick it up that's cool Mm -hmm. I love performing arts high schools and stuff because I feel like there's just this energy about them. Everybody that I know who's like has gone to the one in my area and stuff, it's like they always just seem so excited and passionate about art in ways that are just like next level. Was your experience kind of like that? Yeah, I think a lot of kids that went there were super into their art and I think – Otherwise, definitely wouldn't have, like, progressed if they had just gone to a regular high school and um, done things there. So I, I think everyone really fed off each other and learned a lot. Um, but, yeah. That's awesome. 
Um, I'm kind of curious about like, as you were learning to play guitar, whose music were you kind of listening to for like influence or motivation or just who, who did you like grow up on? We're like, yeah, I love this. I think the person that really made me pick up the guitar was Courtney Barnett. Nice. Uh, she was just, could write really rocking cool songs and just with playing cowboy chords and like, that's what I could play. So it was perfect. But Liz Fair is the person who really made me think like, wow, I want to write songs like this. Liz Fair and, and Joni Mitchell too. Mm-hmm. Joni Mitchell is my all time favorite songwriter. That's amazing. I love that. <clears throat> so, um, from my understanding, Molly Ringworm actually started more as like a solo project. Can you kind of talk about um, how you decided to start writing music for yourself and then how it kind of evolved? Yeah. So, um, I guess I really started writing music for class. Like we would have songwriting assignments. Oh, nice. Um, and we had like an original music showcase at school concert that we put on. So, I was like, oh, why not? I'll, I'll try it. And so I started writing these songs and I got a four track cassette recorder and just started recording demos and stuff. And uh, also had, you know, access to re- a recording studio at school, recording stuff and would really, it would just be me. And then I would grab any classmates or friends that I could to play with me. Uh, it was Nico who plays drums in the band. Uh, he started out playing bass for me and uh, also doing some lead guitar stuff. So it was kind of us and uh, my friend Vince on drums and it just kind of evolved into this bigger thing uh, uh, throughout the years, all different members coming and going. But right now it's, it's, it's like solidified friend Andrew who also went to the performing arts high school with us Nico went there too and and Johnny we all went we all went to high school together um so playing music in school kind of brought us together and helped us to get started outside of school doing our own original stuff that's so awesome and it's so neat that you had access to the tools like being able to have like a recording studio that's amazing what are some of the like lessons that you kind of learned as you were kind of trying to write and record your own music at that point because it's probably at that point almost like your first times experiencing that mm-hmm. there, uh, there was a lot of guidance which was great um, our en- engineering and audio tech teacher Lou London he was amazing amazing help um, and what well, we actually I think we're the, that was the only high school in the U.S. that offers like Pro Tools DAW wow. certification. So we, we all got Pro Tools certified like in high school. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, learning the basics of what um, I would need to like set up a small studio, mm-hmm. quote unquote, at my house was like the most important thing I, I think I learned because almost everything I've recorded has just been in my room or somewhere in my house. So I'm really thankful for learning how to do that. Yeah. I mean, now that I, now that you mentioned it, I noticed that you have kind of looks like the sound control panel behind you and stuff and like all that. So that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. It's really cool to, to be hands-on and really have control over what you want your stuff to sound like, even if it's not the best and like, I'm not the best mixer or masterer, but, you know, I'm learning along the way still. That's so impressive to me, though, because you decided to take the initiative to, like, learn how to do this, take advantage of the resources around you, and now you can do this for yourself. Um, I'm kind of curious because it's like I know a bunch of people out there who try to do their own, like, DIY rigging as far as, like, being able to record in, like, a home space or, like, kind of even, like, a pop-up. Um, Do you have any ideas or suggestions you can share with folks who are trying to do that? Um, I would say I always tell people to like turn to She Shreds as a great, great resource for, you know, interfaces and any kind of hardware to buy Mm -hmm. um, to start figuring that stuff out and see what's right for you. 
I just kind of like stumbled into the stuff that I had being friends with and around musicians. Um, and if you have any musician friends, like ask for their recs things <laughs> and maybe their guidance. Cause uh, I'm no expert, but a, a lot of my friends know a lot more than me and <laughs> I can turn to them, turn to them for some help. That's awesome. It's good whenever you are able to just kind of like do some knowledge transfer and like, you know, pick up stuff along the way. Cause I feel like that's kind of essential, especially when you are recording your own music, you got to just kind of keep learning and asking others what they do and stuff. And then from there, you can really get to where your stuff sounds incredible. Cause your stuff, I never would have guessed would have been done at home. It was really well polished. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course. I think everything except the, the latest, uh, the latest release we actually did in a studio with our, mm -hmm. with our friend Vince who drummed with us before um he was interning at this studio in philly and was just like hey come up and okay why not that's amazing what a great mm -hmm. opportunity too because it's like then you get to work with your friend again and also have that like studio experience once more too mm -hmm. that's really neat was this for your new single or was it for the ep yeah the new single stale yeah awesome um so I know you mentioned earlier that you like really love Joni Mitchell and um, I'm curious, like what kind of artists kind of influenced your sound as a band? Cause I know you have kind of more people involved. It seems like in the songwriting at this stage. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, th I think we're all into like a really diverse spectrum of genre and music, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I think we've like settled on a sound. I guess it, it like differs song to song or I don't think about it too much. And maybe that just means we're, we're still finding our sound. But I think what comes through the most is like love for 90s indie rock. Mm -hmm. uh, Andrew really loves the Pixies. Me and Nico really love Pavement. Um, Helium, Splendora, that, that kind of vein of music. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I can kind of hear that kind of, uh, influence on what your sound is. Cause it's like, I think, um, there's definitely elements to me at least of like nineties indie rock, maybe a little bit of like, um, you know, I, I don't think anybody else describes it this way, but almost like that Northeast emo kind of sound that's been coming out over the last like five to 10 years. And it's really interesting to me. Um, just the variety I feel like I hear in your music. Yeah, I think that influenced us a lot too growing up. I feel like there was a lot of emo bands around, like New Jersey especially, mm -hmm. um, like this band Toasted Plastic, Johnny and I grew up listening to and loved. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that, that comes through in one way or another. Yeah, totally. There's so many great bands from Jersey too, particularly within like the independent music community and like DIY and stuff. Um, has that community at all like influenced you or like what your band has been able to do so far? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I think college radio in New Jersey specifically, mm -hmm. uh, I went to Stockton university in Galloway, their station WLFR. I DJed for them and they also, um, put on a lot of shows. I helped them put on a lot of shows and, um, DJing, I was able to connect with local bands and have them on my show, have them play shows at Stockton, and, and the same kind of happen, thing happened uh, with the College of New Jersey's WTSR, um, and they're all uh, booking up at TCNJ. Uh, mm -hmm. So that, that community was really nurturing and awesome, made a lot of friends, and old and young, was really really fruitful and great that's so awesome yeah I, I always hear good things about like music in jersey and like the surrounding areas so i always like to hear like the stories about how things are up there mm -hmm. <laughs> that's so cool um so i'm kind of curious what's your songwriting process like how do you have you put together some of your latest tracks i guess it differs song to song Sometimes it'll start on the instrument, 
you know, whatever I happen to sit down at piano or guitar mm-hmm. uh, and work itself from there. But I also think I'm always like writing down random lyrics or random bunches of lyrics uh, to maybe put together at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it usually starts with music and then words I already have or, or words that come uh, as it's playing. Or sometimes I'll, I'll hear a song and I, I really like that song or what that song is trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like if that's something I'm really feeling and I'll kind of like turn to that song as like a, a template almost for for lyric writing at least and like wow they really said this in like such a great narrative clear way uh i think i turned to like elliot smith a lot for that he's really good at telling a story and creating an image and making you feel something so i like turned to him a lot yeah Mm -hmm. has there been one recently that just like kind of like Blew your mind. You're like, I want to do something like that. Um, fetch the bull cutters, like everything off of it. Yeah. New new Fiona is getting me through, um, just experimenting like with percussion and weird noises and stuff that like, I'm not a drummer or percussionist in any way, but neither is she. And she's like, yeah, I'm not good at this, but I'm just going to do it. Like, why not? And if it, uh, a happy accident happens like that's awesome i'd like to do more stuff like that or be more confident like to just really have fun and uh do goofy weird stuff that's exciting well i can't wait to hear those little bits of influence in newer music for you for sure that sounds mm-hmm. exciting um so i kind of want to dig into some of like your different songs that you have out um mm-hmm. so we can start with stale since that's the one that's the most recent that song um definitely doesn't feel stale at all to listen to <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's, good. yeah no it's gorgeous I feel like sonically because I like the way that the guitars and keys kind of like build and there's like so many just like to me at least it comes across as like beautiful intricate staples of like maybe emo style music and stuff um can you talk a little bit about that song and like how that one was kind of structured yeah um so I think it was really influenced by by pavement, mm-hmm. um, listening to pavement, and um, it just kind of started off as that riff. And at the time, I, I was really frustrated with my my friends and um, like artists I was around that I just felt like weren't being honest or, or like true to who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's like, there's this kind of like obsession with cultural capital, like, oh, you don't know this band or you don't know that. And like, mm-hmm. well, who cares? Like you, you, you don't have to know everything. Right. You know, uh, just like be honest with wh- what you know and what you don't know, what you like and what you don't like. And like, that's what's cool. So I, I think it was, I was going through that and trying to listen to like angry music to get that out or like fuzz, fuzzy, <laughs> fuzzy stuff, fuzzy distorted yeah. stuff to get that same feeling across. Definitely. I love that. And I really like the whole, the plans are all low carbon tan, a brand name, name band. I was just like, wow. It's like yeah, great but, value. <laughs> yeah. But there's, I, I felt like there's also, not only this obsession with knowledge, but like appearance too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so interesting because when people do that, I feel like um, the consequences is like with everybody trying to posture as being the best or like knowing to everything or um, any just kind of like posturing you see, unfortunately, in DIY, it's just everybody just comes across as the same. There's no room mm-hmm. for like uniqueness or creativity anymore. Everybody's just trying to look cool and then the bands start to sound the same and they start saying the same thing sometimes I actually will look at some bands and be like wow that song is like almost a near carbon copy and you're like a different band Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's wild especially with dudes I see this a lot with dudes (laughs) yeah I think that's where that's definitely where 
the frustration lies. <laughs> yeah, because they can get away with it somehow. Yeah, and that's frustrating too. It's like, well, you guys can all do the same thing and like people love you and it's it's no questions asked. But then like, well, I guess I have to have some something different about me or I, I really have to prove something anytime I get on stage or anytime, you know, anytime I play or release a song. Yeah, that that's frustrating because at that point it's like I've um I I discovered maybe about a year or two ago that I was just like straight up bored with dude bands because they were doing exactly what your song's describing because it's like everything is the same like you you have stuff like the melodies are left for dead and like it's like that's exactly what happens in some of these songs where it's just like wow y'all just use the same chord progression that that same other band just did and like you know, you're all still singing about drinking and girls don't love you. Cool. <laughs> um, that guy just did that. And that guy just did that. And this is boring. That's yeah. all like, it's just one of those things where it's just like, I don't think uh, there's enough conversation about it. And maybe it's because like a lot of the times, and I mean, I'm starting to sound judgmental, but I don't care. They're doing <laughs> But it's like they're all friends with each other and they all hang out together. So it's like they're going to, of course, all have the same damn message. They're probably complaining about the same people for all we know. And it's just Mm -hmm. it's frustrating. And um, it feels like women, non-men and people of color, they're stuck trying to like somehow prove themselves as better. And like, I mean, it's great because we get really creative, strong music. But at the same time, it's like, but wow, how hard they have to work to stand out. Mm-hmm. and like get attention in particular meanwhile these dudes are over here doing the same stuff circle jerking to each other and <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's like what the hell <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I, I love the honesty in the song truly it it was definitely something that hit me as like this is this is real <laughs> well, that makes me feel good because that's like I think that's the one thing I want to strive for is like to be honest in my music and that's what's so frustrating about the people that just copy each other. It's like, well, what are you feeling? Like, what are you thinking? What's, how do you really see the world? Right. It comes across then as a little bit dishonest, uh, honestly, because it's like you're, you're hiding something or because there's no way that every, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I know for a fact that marginalized voices in music in particular they don't all have the same experience and i th- and they're very honest about that and i'm like there's no way every single white dude has the same problem is there <laughs> maybe that's just it maybe they, all, <laughs> they all have the same problems they're all just really boring <laughs> <laughs> it's that wonder bread syndrome yeah <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That song is fantastic. Thank you so much for stale. Seriously. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, I started also digging into good old boys, your EP, which is fantastic. I love it. Thanks. Um, that opening track is so fun. Um, and I, I think that at the end of it, I kind of parsed it together is this song about one of your cats or something? Because yes. the, the meow at the end, I, I literally, because I <laughs> I paused it right afterwards because I'm like, it was moving into the next track, Timmy. And I was just kind of like, did I just hear a cat trill? And it just brought me so much joy. I, I love cats and dogs. They're both my favorite. But like, I have a special place in my heart for cats. And when I heard that, I was just like, oh my gosh, this song has been about a cat. And I am so happy now. <laughs> yes, there's a... I think a lot of people don't catch it because I'll, I'll show people the song mm-hmm. or, or like when I first was playing people the song, uh, they were like, like, stop writing about DIY boys. Like, no, like, <laughs> like talk about yourself. I'm like, no, it's like, it's about my cat. <laughs> no DIY boys. I think only cats are allowed to have those personalities, not, not yes. DIY boys. <laughs> I, I would hope so. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. It's like, um, I figured out whenever it was the part where it's like the puffing out the chest, I want to be a lot like him and a different and not ashamed about it. I was like, okay, okay. I mean, yeah, but this is clearly, this is not a situation where we're comparing against a human man. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. eh, that's that there's something special here and stuff. And I like just the way that song was structured to it felt, um, at times a little bit playful, like a cat too. Yeah. I think, uh, not intentionally, but after I finished writing it, I, I was like, oh, this is like my 
Martha, my dear, like Paul McCartney's talking about his dog, but you don't really know he's talking about his dog. Yes, Calvin mm-hmm. is your Martha. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so special. Um, what kind of inspired you with this song? Were you just like hanging out with Calvin one day or how did it yeah. come from? Yeah, just kind of hanging out with him. Uh, he's with me a lot of the times I'm writing songs, you know, mm-hmm. chilling with me on my bed. Um, and I just thought I'd like write an ode to him. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you want to be like a cat and have no responsibilities and not worry about what anyone else is thinking about you. And you just get to lay around all day. That's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly the dream. And wow, I love it. Um, I'm curious because I saw like some cat pictures and some of like your band's promo and stuff. Is that Calvin in that? Uh, yeah, that is Calvin. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, <laughs> I love Calvin as a song and as a cat already. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. Um, wow. I mean, I I could talk about so many of your songs here because it's like, I love Timmy. I understand that's like a favorite. Um, that That one's just so good because like, I feel like that one has just so much thought behind it. Can you talk about that track a little? Yeah. So that song's about my current, my boyfriend right now. And, oh, okay. Um, uh, it was like, I, I, I really, really liked him and like mm-hmm. kind of instantly felt connected to him, but he was with someone else and it was just you know, okay, whatever, get over it, like, move on, uh, start trying to see other people to, like, get your mind off of it, but it's, like, settling for other people over the person you really want to be with, Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of tackling that, or realizing, you know, maybe just have to live in the unhappiness a little bit, Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of trying to like um, find unhealthy ways to cope with it, yeah, absolutely. And I felt that throughout so much of that song because it's like, you know, that I feel like you do a great job emphasizing the feelings that you get when you talk to somebody who's special because it's like I call you up again and know you're just picking up the phone. It's like it it it, it kind of feels like you do have those moments of connection, that moment of like, because, I think everybody's at least been at some point in that position where they're attracted to somebody who is not available to them at that time. And like, you know, maybe it'll happen someday, maybe not. But right now you have that like almost like heart swelling feeling of when you do connect with them, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that was such a learning experience that, you know, like whatever happens, Mm -hmm. happens, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be, I guess. Right. And it's nice to know that that song has a happy ending to it, too, because you're obviously with this person now. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Very happy ending. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, I feel like um, so many of your songs are, like, unapologetic when it comes to, like, talking about misogyny and your experiences with, like, relationships and, like, um, trying to kind of like understand all of that. Um, what kind of motivates you to share that? Um, I just think I, it's always something I've thought about or looked for in music. Um, and I feel like I grew up on like classic rock and there's not that narrative at all. It's it's the complete opposite, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, not only growing up on music that didn't have any kind of feminine narrative at all. Mm-hmm. And then once I started playing music, realizing that uh, I was in a way excluded from a scene or not really seen as an equal member of it. It's like, well, I got to get this out somewhere, I guess. So, Mm -hmm. uh, like listening to music uh, to feel better about something, it's like, I want to write this and maybe someone else will hear it and also connect to it in some way and feel the same way. 
Yeah, I feel that a lot. And I, I, I assume it's intentional with like no matter what on that EP too. So mm-hmm. much of it is, is I feel like coping with those situations where you feel like you're like fending for yourself and that other people are kind of being selfish and not willing to kind of like step up and everything. Is that something you're trying to kind of tell on that? Yeah, it, it was definitely about playing music with guys and being like, hey, don't you see how these other guys are treating me when we play shows? Yep. Like, say something. I I, I can say something, but no one's going to take me seriously. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's do this together and call stuff out when we see it. Yeah, I, I totally, like, I felt that, especially with, like, the whole bit of, like, you know, let's hear you make some noise for all the good old boys and stuff. Cause it's like, it's, it's you trying to like get everybody to pay attention and like do something, you know, and mm-hmm. call out on that. And that's one of the things I loved about that song in particular, no matter what. Cause it's like, it felt like you were musically just being like, Hey, pay attention. My, what I'm going through is real. And I thought that was so important. And that's why I wanted to ask you about kind of like your approach to like, um, songwriting on this in particular because it's like it's so important and the way you do it it's like it has this way of being like both incisive and subtle in just the right way where it's like you kind of want to come back and keep revisiting it and keep kind of thinking about the point that you're making you know mm-hmm. yeah I, I think um, more so than ever right now and I've really started thinking about this uh, like the past couple months like songwriting um, as a tool for like social change mm-hmm. in some way or another. Uh, I think that's kind of been under the surface important to me, but is really important now. Um, and like, I, I just recently kind of got into the clash, like, mm-hmm. like a year or two ago, that was something new for me. And I was like, wow, these guys like really just like, they were real punk, like, mm-hmm. they were so political, and I hope to be able to, like, do that with my music eventually, <laughs> or that I have in some way a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Honestly, between No Matter What and Stale, you are definitely on that track, and um, those songs have their way of being political, because it's like, I feel like for a lot of people, um, sometimes just aspects of your experience are political just existing Mm -hmm. and like um for a lot of like women in music just occupying spaces still even though a lot of people like to think that it's super inclusive right now um sometimes still occupying that space is a political act you know Mm -hmm. yeah personal is political that that good feminist cliche (laughs) it's it'll be true until it's gone you know yeah (laughs) It's so it's yeah, I love what you're doing, honestly, with your music. Um, do you have like a favorite song that you like to play live out of what you've got out? Uh, I think no matter what is actually uh, my favorite, yeah, to play live. I think the guys would say that Timmy is theirs because of that like dynamic swell. It's like the chorus they love to rock out to, uh, yeah, yeah. I love it. That's so awesome. Um, so I'm kind of curious, now that you've got Stale Out and you dropped your EP last year, what's something you really want your listeners to get out of your music? I, I think not only do I want them to hopefully be able to relate to it in some way, no matter what their experience is, you know, uh, some vague aspect of their life or not to be able to relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's really all I could hope for, or you know, to just really be moved by the musical aspect of it. That's I think the most important things to me, and maybe to inspire someone else. I mean, not that I have like a big platform or anything, but I know I was also I think really inspired by seeing women in my local scene play music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's another big thing that made me say, yeah, why not? Like, just try this out mm-hmm. to maybe do the same for someone. That's all I could yeah. hope for. Yeah. I'm sure honestly, as you play in like your local scene and like surrounding areas and stuff, it's like being situated in Jersey, you can like reach a lot of people and stuff. So 
I hope you're able to inspire a lot of folks for sure. If anything, hopefully this platform gets even more people listening to you. Um, so what's something that you would want people to know about Molly Ringworm? Um, my name is not Molly. It's Sarah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, something to know about us. Um, I, I guess that we are, uh, you know, we just want to have fun. We want to make friends. And uh, for us, I think it's really about the music and, and nothing else. Like we, we all just have like a, a big love for music and it's like no other option for us than to play because it's what we love to do. That's special. Well, I hope that y'all get to keep doing that for a long time because your music is fantastic. Every aspect oh. of it is just so fun for me to listen to. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. I know that like 2020 is kind of like in a standstill right now, unfortunately, as far as like um, music goes. And it's, it's tricky <laughs> to release mm-hmm. stuff right now, but I'm kind of curious, like what kind of stuff are you working on as a band either this year or kind of like, what are your goals into like the future? Uh, so right now we're actually putting together a little compilation record like with some friends local bands and artists from new jersey um so nico our drummer also has a project called lay low um and a solo project he just put out like this uh home recorded hardcore punk ep under the name bear bodkin so um he's doing stuff on his own bass player andrew has a project called roach coach he's doing stuff but anyway, we're all putting together uh, this compilation album. We're all doing covers of TV theme songs. Oh, cool. It'll hopefully be out the next uh, band camp day in July, and all the money will go to Seeding uh, Sovereignty. Um, so that's kind of what we're working on now. And then uh, I was actually just recording like some home, some demos. Oh, cool. Uh, before our call. So trying to record stuff. Mm-hmm. remotely we all are kind of able to do that in our homes we're very lucky to be able to do that mm-hmm. have our own space to do stuff um so yeah re- remote recording <laughs> that's amazing yeah. well i hope that that is all super successful for you because like i know how tricky it is to configure and like make all of that work but hopefully you end up with the at the very least some really sick demos <laughs> yeah hopefully that's amazing. Um, so you're familiar with this question then. Um, if you could play a show with any three artists or musicians, they can be active or you can currently bring them back from the dead, who would it be? Uh, Speedy Ortiz. Oh, yes. Favorites. <laughs> love love them. Yes. <laughs> uh, Liz Fair, definitely. And... Maybe not like big star, I think. Yeah? I think that would be the three. I love it. Well, I hope you get booked on these shows at some point because holy <laughs> shit, awesome lineup. Um, we had Sadie on the podcast last year. Maybe if Sadie's listening, <laughs> you should totally have Molly Ringworm <gasps> with you. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> sick, honestly. And like Sadie, like – I know she does a lot to like get really awesome like local openers to shows and shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna send a vibe out into the universe for that. That would be so amazing for you. Yeah, she's someone else I admire who incorporates activism and yeah. and music, which is amazing and awesome. Seriously, she's so masterful about it too, and like mm-hmm. the way that she does her activism on her platform and everything is just so important. And yeah, yeah. Big fan. Love Sadie. (laughs) It's hard for me not to geek out over her, honestly, just because, like, even though I've met her for the pod and stuff before, I'm still, like, big fan. So I get it. (laughs) That's so awesome. Well, it's been so awesome talking to you um, about all things Molly Ringworm, Sarah. Where can everybody keep up with you and find Molly Ringworm on the internet? We are most active on Instagram at Molly Ringding. We're, all, we're also on Facebook, Bandcamp, 
you know, all the, all the streaming things, except for Amazon, mm-hmm. no, no music for ice. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, everybody's gonna have to make sure they grab your music, check it out. Um, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. So excited to be on this podcast. Oh, really. thanks for, I'm excited to have you here. <laughs> That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Angry Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angrygirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at, at angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Pledge your support for Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons, Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carla Commando, John Kitsy, Kitz Miller, Sam Zarwitz, and Orla Tinsey. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay angry and keep growing. Bye for now. Timmy says you've got to speak.